This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome, everyone. Really, welcome, welcome to everyone who's here in Memphis. And now, welcome to everyone who is watching on Torah Anytime. It is so glorious, as it always is, to get together. We always get together on Tuesdays. That's amazing. But this time, we're right in the middle of Hanukkah. And... The Jew's soul is in a very, very different place on Hanukkah. So thank God, thank Hashem for the unbelievable opportunity we have, like we always say, that we are lucky enough to be here, especially in the way the world has been for the past year. Every one of us needs to make that bracha and feel that sentiment so deeply. Thank you, Hashem, that we are here, that we made it to Hanukkah, that we could be alive, that we could breathe this glorious air that crackles with uplifted spiritual infusion. We are lucky. We are so, so lucky to be here. And I feel extra lucky to be with all of you, to be able to connect and try and grow and feel some of the depth, power, and beauty of Hanukkah. So thanks. Thanks for letting me be here. The Nesiva Shalom on Hanukkah. I mean, there's an entire book on Hanukkah. So don't even think that we've covered it all. (laughs) We've got lots to do. If we really want to go through it all, we'll be here all day. However, in one of his pieces... He begins by lining up a question, and we will add a couple more questions that many people ask. And Hanukkah, so many questions are asked about Hanukkah, and there are so many incredible answers. We're going to focus on a couple of those amazing questions today and really understand something about the Hanukkah story that oftentimes is missed. But more importantly, we're going to review some points of perspective that maybe we've mentioned before, we've probably forgotten them today. And these are points that truly need to be branded in our being so that we never forget them for a moment. And they are perhaps the greatest fuel for everything else that we will do in our Judaism. So let us begin with the Nesiva Shalom's question. The Nesiva Shalom tells us about a famous statement from Maimonides, from the Rambam, in his halachas of Hanukkah. And I will read you what the Rambam says. The Rambam is a halachic work. He's telling you what you need to know about Judaism. And this is what he writes. Mitzvah's ner Hanukkah, the mitzvah of lighting your menorah. Mitzvah chavivohi ad me'oid. It is a mitzvah that is extremely beloved to the Jewish people. Rambam, what does that have to do with the halacha? It's an inspirational speak. Did we land on a Tuesday afternoon? What happened here? Rambam, you're telling me the laws of lighting my menorah. Opening words, 
Mitzvah Chavivu Hi Avmaoid. You gotta know this. This is Aleph Bay's ABCs. You're entering Hanukkah. You're gonna like German Arab. First thing you gotta know, it is Mitzvah Chavivu Hi Avmaoid. It's extremely beloved. Ask the Nesivah Shalom. Obviously, the glaring question. Everyone asks this question. Rambam, what are you talking about? What's so beloved about the Menorah? Why is this integral to Hanukkah that you felt? You have to say this as your opening words to the mitzvah of lighting the Menorah. It's a good question. Second question. We know that the Gemara tells us halacha that when it comes to lighting the menorah, when you do any mitzvah, yeah, you go get a lulav, you go get an esrog, you go, you get it, you're done. You come to lighting the menorah, and all of a sudden we have these levels, these levels which we call mahadrin and mahadrin and mahadrin. It's beautiful and even more beautiful. And what do we know? There are three levels to how you can light your menorah: light one candle for your whole house. You could have everyone light a candle, or you could do ascending candles, which for most of us, unless you're stranded on a desert island with no candles, that's what we all do. We all do ascending. You know what that's called? That's not called you did the mitzvah. That's called you did the mitzvah mahadrin min mahadrin. The most beautiful you could have done it. That's the best. And everybody asked the question, why all of a sudden? You go get your, your yes, do you ever have this? Your rabbi tells you, 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 you come, ah, Rabbi, how do I do the mitzvah of Esrug? Well, he says, well, the basic mitzvah will be one Esrug. Mahadrin, I would take two Esrugs. Take two Esrugim. Mahadrin, minimum Mahadrin, take two Esrugim and two who love him. That'll be the best. You know, I, I never saw anybody walking around on sukkahs with a whole stack of these things, shaking them around left and right. No, no such thing. There's only one way to do esrog. You get your esrog, you get your lulav, you go home. You do it. And that's the same with every mitzvah. Every single, of course, we have beautifying the mitzvah. You get yourself a nice esrog. But did you ever have that there are different ways to do it? You do it with one candle. Or maybe everyone light a candle. Or maybe everyone do ascending. What's going on? Why all the levels all of a sudden available in doing the mitzvah of Hanukkah, the mitzvah of the Menorah? Do it. A, B, C, different levels, different nuances. What's going on? And lastly, third question. The Rambam says these days, the mitzvah is, these are days of simcha and halal. Simcha and halal. Joy and praise of Hashem. Joy and praise of Hashem. And then the Sivish Shalom asks very simply, what specifically about Hanukkah tells us and provides for us the ability to say these are days of joy? There's a lot of happy things in life. There's a lot of good things. And donuts are very nice. Latkes are very nice. Hanukkah parties are very nice. These are wonderful experiences. And the nace, the story is very nice. Why do we come to this when we say, mm, no, 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 the, these are days of joy. These are days of joy. Well, why do these days give us the ability to experience joy, perhaps greater or more powerfully than we have other days? 
So to begin to answer these questions and to begin by addressing why does the Rambam say these days are so beloved, I will read to you straight from the Nesiva Shalom. None of the words are doctored. Photoshop was not used. This is the legitimate truth that the Nesiva Shalom tells us and it's a truth that it echoes and reverberates through all of our holy books that write about Hanukkah. And it's rooted, the quote that he has is rooted in the Moranayim. And to appreciate what he's about to say, we'll have to first reference the piece of the Moranayim that he doesn't bring down. And this is exactly what we mentioned before this year began. You have to know what the state was of the Jewish people when this story happened. And we like to think about it as the Jews were riding out into the sunset against the wicked Greeks and they were trying to crush us, but we, the Jews, held on. We were great. We were fantastic. And we did it. Unfortunately, that's not the truth of the story. There were some small group, good Jews, that held on. But most of the Jews were falling prey to the Greek influences, losing their connection with Hashem. In fact, so much so that the words of the Shemesh Mul are that the coal of the Jewish people almost went out. You understand? He's not talking about we were killed, annihilated. The fire of the Jewish people, says the Shemesh Mul, the flame that is our commitment to Judaism almost went out. That's including the Maccabees. That's everybody. Everybody was so hurting from what was going on, from the outside influences, from the distortion and the break and the breach in our connection to Hashem. That he says the glowing ember of Judaism almost went out. What happened? So they went out. They pushed. They decided, but we're going to give it what we got. We spoke about that last week. They're going to fight for it and they're going to push for it. The last, the few, those who were holding on. Hashem responds by making a miracle and He lets them win. But guess what? That actually doesn't really solve the problem. It really doesn't solve the problem. Because the Greeks were only a small part of the problem. We were the rest of the problem. Where we had fallen, where we had lost our way, that was the problem that really needed solving. To this, says the Moranayim, Hashem responded with the true miracle that saved us. And that was not really the war against the Greeks. Do you know what it was? The menorah. That menorah that was lit when they got there to the base of Mikdash, when they came to light it, that menorah was the spiritual infusion that the Jewish people needed to climb out of that hole that we had dug for ourselves. 
listen to the words of the Moranai that I'm going to read you now. That Hashem came to save the Jewish people at that time who were in pieces, spiritually, disconnected, lost. But Hashem said, no. I'm going to come get you, my kids. I'm going to come get you, my children. Light up that menorah. And the Moranai says, that's not just the, the menorah of that time. That's the menorah that we all light every holiday, every Yom Tiv. We know when we come to it again, it happens again. That Hashem is saying, you, the Jew, that's lost, disconnected, lost your spark, almost went out, or the parts in your life that are just not humming with life and connection. Light that menorah. I'm bringing you home. Listen to the words. The Moranaim says that there is a halacha. The halacha is that ideally your menorah should be within ten hand breaths of the floor. We usually can't do it because we got to get ours to the, to the window. But if you've seen it, it's very unusual to see a menorah on the floor. It's very unusual. You don't think it should be there. Why? Why do we put it there? Says the Moranayim these words. De'af For even though Hashem's presence never ever goes below ten hand breaths. It never goes that low. But when it came to Hanukkah, Hashem calculated He had a goal in mind. You know what the goal is of Hanukkah? Do you know what the light is of Hanukkah? Do you know what the oomph is of Hanukkah? Do you know what the electricity is that's riding right through your veins right now of Hanukkah? It's levilti yidach mimenu nidach. Nobody, nobody, and I mean nobody, should be pushed away forever. Nobody should lose their connection and not get back up. Leave no man behind. Levilti yidach mimenu nidach. Hashem had a goal. I'm not leaving a single Jew behind. And therefore, he says, Shunais. You know what the miracle was? There was a miracle. The miracle of Hanukkah was that the Jews that were so broken and so low and so disconnected, and we, as we stand here, 2,000 years later, we may have our little points of connection, but there's so much that unfortunately is not passionate about our Judaism, is not alive, is not fantastic. And we too are swept away by the tide around us. We too have lost that spark of love with Hashem. No question about it we have. In one area or another or overall. To that there is a nace, the nace of Hanukkah, that these Jews that said, Hashem sayonara, we're with the Greeks. 
Bye. <laughs> you can keep your temple, God. We don't want it. Now what? Hashem said, I'll make a miracle. Shehashem kiviyocho. Hashem, so to speak. Moirid limato me'asoro. Hashem, although He never goes that low, He says, wait. What if you can't get up? I don't go that low, but, but what if you can't reach me up here? Then I am coming down to you. And Hashem comes down where He never goes. Umiskarev el ha'odam. And He comes close to the person. Lehoishiva. Ulehachziroi elav. To bring him back to Hashem's side. To bring him back to the heights where we belong. These words are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful words. Beautiful words. The Nesiva Shalom gives a parable, and I think elsewhere I remember him giving it as follows. He said, there are times in a year where Hashem says, Come to my palace. Come to my palace. Visit me in my palace. There are times in the year where Hashem says, My son, my prince, I'm coming to meet you in your house. He said, and then there's Hanukkah. And Hanukkah is when the Jew is not in their home. But they fell in to a pit. Wrong crowd, wrong attitude, wrong ideology, wrong philosophy. And the next thing we know, we find ourselves buried in a very deep pit. And on Hanukkah, Hashem says, where is that pit? I am coming down into that pit. Let me sit with you. Ah, nice pit you have here. Do you mind if I help you climb out so that we could go back home? That there was a time in the year where Hashem said, The goal of this is that nobody end up remaining in that pit. And if that means I have to crawl down into that pit to be with you, then I will absolutely do that. You are my children. You are my family. You are the love of my life. I will never, ever, ever abandon you. But, But Hashem, we turned our back on you. That's nice and well. But I didn't turn my back on you. Says the Nesiva Shalom. This is why you take your menorah and you put it in your window and you shine it out into the streets. Into the dark streets. You know why? Because maybe I, it's not for the people out there. Maybe I'm out there. Maybe I'm out in those streets in the dark, lost, wandering out there. Hashem says, put that menorah in the window, because if you're out there in the streets, I want that light to hit you so that you come back home. I want that light to bring holiness into your life out there, wherever you are, no matter who you are. It's a lighthouse bringing you back home.
This year I heard a story. Some of you have heard me say this story. This is the story of my Hanukkah this year. This story is the story to my Hanukkah right now. And I heard this story from a Befrayim Shapiro from Florida. And I heard it and I said it over and then I said I have to contact him. I contacted him and I said, Rabbi, this story is amazing. It's astonishing. Tell me. Tell me about it. He said, you heard the recording. You should know it was eight years ago I said that story. He said, but I want you to know that eight years ago I did extensive research to verify that story. So the story that you're saying over is an authentic story. It's a real story. And I'm going to tell you a story right now. An unbelievable story. Avramo Greenbaum was a Jew that went through the Holocaust. And unfortunately, like so many others that went through that Gehenim on earth, his family was torn apart. And all of them were murdered by the ruthless Nazis, may their memories be erased. And the sole survivor is Avramo Greenbaum. And he emerges out of that experience a broken and bitter person. And really, who, who can blame him? And he says, Hashem, we are through. Hashem, we're done. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't want to have anything to do with your Judaism. And with that, he let go of his faith. And he decides he's going to move somewhere and he's going to move somewhere where there's no Jewish community. He doesn't want to see Jews. He doesn't want to be with the Jews. He moves to Alabama. And there he switches his name. He's no longer Abraham Greenbaum. Aaron Green. Aaron Green, I'm done. He begins to start his life over there. And over time he meets a girl, marries her. She happens to be, she's Jewish, but it's an accident. He didn't mean for her to be. And the years go by. And Aaron Green, totally disconnected from Hashem, totally disconnected from Judaism, manages to be actually quite a successful businessman. And he becomes quite wealthy. And years go by and we arrive at the fateful day when his oldest son is turning 13. And although Aaron Green does not care about a bar mitzvah, everyone likes a good party. And he remembers that 13 was a big event and he doesn't want his son to miss a big event. So he tells his son, listen, Jed, 13 is a big birthday. For this birthday, we're going over the top. Whatever you want, you'll get it. We're going to go to the store. You see it, you want it, we'll buy it for you. Sure enough, it comes that day. It's the day he turns 13. Aaron Green takes his son. They go to the mall and they go to the store. They go to this store. It's an electronic store. It's got obviously everything, the coolest things that every kid could possibly want. And the manager's taking them around because he knows it's going to be a big purchase. And he's showing Jed, oh, look at this cool thing, look at that cool thing. For some reason, the whole time, Jed is distracted. 
And he keeps looking across the mall, out the storefront window, at a shop that's across the hall, an antique shop. Finally, the manager's trying to get his attention, and finally Jed just says, Dad, I'm sorry, could we, could we, could we leave the store? I, I just really want to go to the antique shop across the mall. So his dad says, uh, why? No, Dad, I just really, I really want to. That's where I want to go look. He says, okay. Tells the manager, uh, don't worry, we'll be right back. They go across the hall, they walk into the antique shop, and they're looking around, and Jed sees spies in old, wooden, very simple menorah. And he says, Dad, that's what I want for my birthday. He says, what? Why on earth do you want that thing? Dad, that's what I want for my birthday. I just really, really want that menorah. So he says, why? Dad, you said you're going to get me anything I want. That's what I want. Okay, okay. Goes to the front, says to the store owner, okay, how much is the menorah? Obviously, it's going to be expensive. It's an antique. How much for the menorah? Surprisingly, the store owner says, ah, you know, I'd rather not sell it. He says, you'd rather not sell it? Well, you're, you're a store. You sell stuff. Well, why don't you want to sell it? So he says, well, no, it's just that, that, you know, that menorah has history. He said, what do you mean? That menorah, he says, that menorah was made by a Jew in the Holocaust. You know, under the boot of the Nazis, they, they made that. I'd just rather not sell it. It's very meaningful to me. You know, a guy like Aaron Green, successful man like him, he told his son he's getting him what he wants for his birthday. If you resist, he's going to push through. He said, I'll I'll add $5,000 to the ticket price. For for $10,000, you know, sentimental value only goes so far. For $10,000, the menorah is yours, buddy. All right, Aaron takes the menorah. Jed's ecstatic with this menorah. They walk out of the store, and Aaron turns to his son and says, Son, I have no clue why you want this thing. But it costs a fortune, so you best take care of it. They go home, Jed's ecstatic, runs upstairs with it, and they're at home. A couple days go by, and suddenly they hear from Jed's room a thud, a scream, and Jed's crying. They run upstairs, and there he is. Sure enough, it happened. He took out the menorah to look at it, fumbled it, it fell to the ground, and it broke. Aaron loses it. He's yelling, I told you to be careful. Pulls himself together. Aaron, snap out of it. That's not the way to treat your son. Let's not ruin this gift. Turns, sits by his son. He says, listen, maybe we could glue it together. Maybe we could fix it. They pick up the pieces of the menorah. And Aaron's holding it. And he looks down at the menorah. He sees that the edge of the menorah where it's split he sees something, something's inside. So he looks closer. Yeah, there's, there's a piece of paper inside. So he pries it a little bit open and he gets out the piece of paper. And Aaron opens up the paper. He reads the paper and he faints. He flat out faints, passes out. They splash water on him. Dad, dad, wake up. What happened? What's going on? Aaron gets up, calls his family, and says, let me read to you what this note says. And he begins to read. 
to whoever finds this menorah. I am crafting this menorah under threat of the Nazis. I am risking everything I have to try to build this menorah. But although I have given so much for this menorah, in truth, I have no idea if I will actually live till Hanukkah to light it. And even if I survive till the first night of Hanukkah and light my little menorah, I have no idea if the Nazis will catch me and kill me on the spot and I won't make it till the second night. And therefore, please, whoever finds this menorah, promise me, promise me that you will light this menorah. Promise me that you will light this menorah for me. Promise me that you will light this menorah for my family that has given so much to stay connected with Hashem in this place that is not earth. To you who find this menorah, promise me that you will light this menorah forever. And Aaron looks up and he says, and it's signed by my father, The note is signed by my father. Aaron Green said, Hashem, we're done. Hashem, we're through. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Hashem said, but I want to have something to do with you. Aaron said, I'm walking away. Hashem said, well, then I will follow. Aaron said, the spark has gone out. And Hashem said, well then I will pull off the most wild, statistically impossible miracle to get you a note from your father so that that spark be ignited again. And I tell every one of you, You have a note in your menorah as well. And that note is from your father, Hashem. And that note is the same note that Hashem wrote to the Jews in the Hanukkah story that said, Hashem, we're done. Hashem, we don't want it. We don't get it. The spark is out. Hashem says, I'm not going anywhere. The Ava that is between us is not something that can be erased. I will not let one of my children be left behind. And if you are in the pit, then I'm coming down into the pit. 
And if your soul has gone out, then light up the menorah. Let it shine in the lowest places. Down where I don't go usually. Shine it out into the street. Shine it into your souls which are dark already. Let a miracle happen. I will pull off a miracle to get you that note. The note that says, I have not left you. I never will leave you. And I am just waiting for you. Promise me. Wherever you are, whoever you are, promise me that you will come back to light your menorah. Promise me that you will come back and light your soul back on fire. Signed by your father. Says the Nesiba Shalom. Do you know why your menorah starts with one candle, then two, then three, then four? Because the menorah is a light that's going to bring you all the way back home. He said, but if you start with a, a menorah that's lit all eight lights, then you need to be somebody on the eighth level to get on board your menorah. Hashem says, no, absolutely not. Start it with one. This elevator starts on the ground floor. This elevator starts deep in the basement. Wherever you are, that's where this starts. It starts with one. Get on board at one. No matter who you are. And then it will take you two, three, four, five, all the way to the top. But this menorah, this menorah reaches you when you're Aaron Green. The light of this menorah, this love letter from Hashem, this miraculous note that arrives at your door, it arrives wherever you are and whoever you are. And it says, I'm here to hold your hand. And walk back home. One, two, three, four. Let's go. Says the Nesiva Shalom. Zehu Shekosav Rambam. This is what the Rambam meant when he said, Mitzvah's near Chanukah, Mitzvah Chavivahi Amaoil. It's so beloved. Ki Bechanukah, because it is on Chanukah. Nizgala, it is revealed to us. Goidel Hachavivo Shalakadesh Borochuli Yisrael. The great love that Hashem has for his people. Shahoyu Yisrael Oz Bishval Hamatsev. Because the Jews at that time were in the lowest place. And in that low place, Hashem remembered us. And in truth, my friends, it goes even deeper that this love that Hashem has, that He'll pick us up when we've gone away or when we fall apart, the truth is, like the Chidush Arim said, that even as we are walking away, and we're saying, you know what? I'm done. Goodbye. I wash my hands of you, Hashem. I'm ruining myself. Sayonara. Chedush Arim says, very interesting. They came back to the base of Mikdash. And what was the situation? 
All the oil was ruined. All of it was defiled. All of it was impure. Except one small jar. What's that telling us? That even when a Jew ruins himself from head to toe, there is a jar that is kept sealed and protected by the Koyhein Godol. Koyhein means chesed, kindness. By Hashem's unbelievable, infinite kindness and love for you. And you may try to ruin yourself. But when you decide that you want to turn around and you'll say, but how? Hashem will hand you the pristine jar of oil that He never let us ruin. It's always right there. You think you can't become great? You think you're too far gone? Here, a brand new, beautiful jar of oil. The spark in us that Hashem never lets go out. And how could that be? But I'm spitting in your face. I'm walking away. I'm saying I'm done with you. Good and well, my child. That's fine. It's very cute the way you act up. The whole time though, Hashem, just like a parent, just like somebody who's so in love, while we're saying that, Hashem has our spark sealed up. But I'm not letting you, I'm not letting you ruin it. It's still in you and you could still turn around. And that's exactly what happened. The Jews at that time, once that manure was lit, once that jar of oil was found, once Hashem showed them that He was there, He was waiting, and that He was the one protecting that spark inside of them, they were all able to rejuvenate themselves and reconnect and say, what do we do? Where are we going? When you get a note from your father, you call home. Am I right? (laughs) Chanukah, Hashem sends you a note. The note is, I haven't left you. In fact, I'm the one saving you right now. I'm the one keeping your spirituality alive and intact and I am waiting for you to show up and light your soul on fire. How could we not jump at that? It's so beloved because Hashem is saying how much He loves us. And if you ever thought you couldn't, now you can. Because if you're in a place that you think you can't get out of, Hashem just showed up to sit in that place with you and to walk with you hand in hand out of it. That's Hanukkah. We will add to this another powerful dimension of Hanukkah. Hashem's love for us, yes. Unbelievable, powerful. It calls us to come home. But Hashem expressed to us another unbelievable sentiment of love through the Hanukkah story. And this is really rooted in the question of the Pnei Yeshua. They came to the Beis HaMikdash. They came to light the Menorah. And there wasn't enough oil. Everything was impure. But everybody asked this question. That the rule is You're allowed to use impure oil. Did you know that? Actually, Tumah is Hutra B'tzibur. That means when the congregation needs to do something, they can even do it with an impure oil. 
and that they really theoretically could have used the impure oil. So pray tell, why does Hashem have to literally change nature and make a miracle so that we have enough oil? We have enough oil! Use the impure oil! The answer, he says, is something unbelievable. That Hashem was making a statement. Not only do I love you, like we said, but hey, you want to use pure oil? You want to do it the nicest way? You could use impure oil. No, but, but I want to do it nicer. I want to do this a little bit better. Oh, Hashem says, let me tell you something. That means the world to me. You think that's a small action? You think the things you're doing are small and insignificant? Send a message out to the Jewish people. The message is as follows. Every little thing you do means the world to me. And yes, you came and you're lighting the menorah and you fought and it's amazing. You did so much. But now you say, oh, we really wish we could use pure oil. I will turn over the world to get you pure oil. That's how precious your action is to me. Every step you take is so precious, is so beloved to me. Let that be known for all time. That I turned over the world, not because you needed oil, but because you wanted to do it one step higher. And that's worth it for me to make a miracle. And that is the second note. The note to every one of us. You want to do it. You want to be a Jew. But you say, but I can only take one little step. Guess what? The whole miracle was about one little step. The difference between impure oil and pure oil. A little bit better, a little bit better, and Hashem turned over the world. A little bit better makes Hashem's day. A little bit better is what we're talking about. That's what life's about. That's what growth's about. You need a miracle? I'll give you a miracle. So that what? So that you could take one step. One step closer. There's no measurement. We got to stop that voice in our head that says this is not important. Hanukkah says enough. What do you need? You need a note signed from Hashem that says this is important. You need a note from Hashem that says I'm literally madly obsessed with everything you do. It is so glorious. It lights up the world. And I'll turn over the world to get you back to me and to have you take one step, extra step. Okay, here's the note. Here's the miraculously signed note from Hashem. And that's exactly what it says. And why? Why is it so precious? You know why it's so precious? Because you have to go above your nature to do anything. You view the action that you're doing as so meaningless. 
because we quantify it by some sort of objective measurement that we made up in our own head. And therefore we say, well, when you learn this much, it's worth something. When you learn this much, it's not worth something. Hashem says, I don't care how much. I care how much of you was in it. I want to know how much of you did you push out of the way to take the step forward. I want to know how much you invested. So you invested. And for you, you invested to learn for five minutes. That's everything in the world. And that guy, he gave and he pushed and he rose above his nature to learn for an hour. That's everything in the world. Not because of the hour, not because of the five minutes, but because we pushed beyond ourselves to give for Hashem and for what we believe in. And this is what was happening on Hanukkah. That the Hashemunam said, it's impossible, they'll kill us. Yeah, but we're going to give for this. We're going to give of ourselves for this. We're going to push for it. And that's what makes it light up. That's what makes our actions so unreal. Because they're not easy. The greatness is because we are human beings and it is a struggle. That struggle is what makes it glorious. And I think this is an unbelievable illusion. You ready for this? Follow me on this unbelievable thought. This is exactly the difference of perspective that is expressed on Hanukkah. The Jews found a small jar. What did they say? That small jar is small. How long can it burn? One day. It's nothing. It's small. It's so insignificant. Hashem makes a miracle and it burns for eight days. What does the number eight mean spiritually? Above nature. The world was created in seven. Eight means above nature. I would like to suggest there's a powerful conversation going on between a person and Hashem with this story. A person says, Hashem, I've just got this little jar. It's so meaningless. What can it do? Light up for one day? I mean, it's nothing. Is it really worth anything? Hashem's answer back is, I see something that lights up eight I see something and someone that went above their nature to do that. You see a small jar. I see a menorah that blazes with light for eight days because you went above your nature. Because when you went home and that person aggravated you and you were going to lash out, you decided not to. Because when that guy at show said that thing, you decided to bite your tongue. Because of that time that you had the opportunity to do something that wasn't honest, you decided to be honest. Because the chance you had to do something wrong, you decided to rise above your nature and not run after it. But I only did it one time. It was only small. It was just a small jar. Hashem says, you don't know how to measure actions. I see something that's filled with the light of eight. The light of somebody who rose above their nature.
So we go back and we say, Why is Hanukkah so beloved? Because in the story of Hanukkah, Hashem told us how beloved we are to Him. Because in the story of Hanukkah, Hashem said that I'm never ever going to let you go and I will come with you into the darkest night to walk you back home so that you could light your menorah again, so that you could light your soul up again and reconnect. That's exactly what happened in the original story and that's exactly what's happening right now. And I was sitting on Shabbos. I said, your Shabbos and on Hanukkah, we say that the menorah lifts you up and then Shabbos lifts you up all the way. I said to my wife on Jabez, we're talking about me. I'm the guy who is disconnected. I'm the guy. Have I been feeling Shabbos? Have I been feeling my Judaism every day? Like, I, like I'm a firewall of love for Hashem? No. So we're, we're talking about me. It's me we're talking about. I'm getting picked up. I turned to my wife on Shabbos. I said, this may be the first Shabbos I'm really keeping the whole year. Because this Shabbos, Hashem is picking me up. Hashem is coming to me where I am, down, and He's infusing me with the light that gives me the chance to climb. Maybe every Shabbos I didn't connect. Maybe every day I wasn't alive enough. But today Hashem has come on Hanukkah and He's breathing life into me through the menorah, through the light of the menorah. It's such a precious Yom Tov. It's so beloved because Hashem is saying how beloved we are. And then Hashem says, and everything you do, every step you take is so precious to me. Every little thing, no matter where you are, if you're in the pit or in the palace, when you take a step, when you do something, especially when you have to rise above your nature, when you have to push against that force inside that saying, go the other way, and you push, even for one little jar, I see something that burns for eight days. I see light. This is why we have Mahadran and Mahadran and Mahadran. This is the answer to that question. We said, why Hanukkah? There's so many levels of the menorah. You could do it one candle. You could do it with one candle of everyone. You could do it with an ascending menorah. You don't have that by anything else. It's because the message of Hanukkah is, whatever your step is, whatever that step is, that's for you. Take it. Take it. Start with one candle. It's worth the world to me. It's more precious than you can imagine. To you, it's one small jar. To you, it's one small jar. I see something much greater. Every level. And when you have one candle, and you can push for the next one, you push. And when you have that, and you can push for Mahadran, Mina Mahadran, go for it. Every inch. Everything is so glorious, so precious. And this is why we say, these are the days of Simcha and Hallel, true joy. Do you know why? Because whenever you put your joy in something that can be taken from you, that's not real joy. The real joy that sticks with you night and day through thick and thin is the joy that cannot be robbed. And that is this message of Hanukkah that Hashem says no matter what I love you no matter what I'm with you no matter what I'm waiting for you and no matter what your actions light up the world your little jar is much greater than you think 
And therefore, you come to Hanukkah, you say, Simcha and Halo! Oh, the joy is unbelievable. Why? Because when you know that no matter what, I don't care, and I'm serious, I don't care. I don't care what day you're having. I don't care what your rap sheet looks like. I don't care what you did today already. If you want to know if Hashem loves you to the end of the earth, I can promise you yes. If you want to know right here, while you just did the worst things in the world, if you want to know that if you'll turn around and do one good deed, or say no one time, or just say, Hi Hashem. If you want to know if that makes Hashem's day, if Hashem loves that, and that's precious to Him, like all the gold in the world, if you want to know if to Hashem that's like the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash, the answer is yes. How can that not fill us with true simcha? A joy that cannot be taken from us. Even we can't take it from us. Even our own bad choices. And you sit there and you're in the darkest dark and you already try to put out your own soul and you say, what do I have to work with? And Hashem says, well, you have me. I'm right here and I've been holding on to this little spark, which is your soul the whole time, not letting anything happen. Here, have it. Now can we go home together? Now can we go light up the world? When you're in the pit and you look over and you see your father sitting there with you, that's simcha. That's joy. That cannot be put out by any force in the world, by any Greek, by any anti-Semitism, and by any self-doubt. That is joy. That is a bedrock upon which everything else can be built. So we come to Hanukkah and we say, the Rambam, Maimonides, he wrote it like it is. It is a mitzvah that is beloved and precious. And it lets us know how beloved and precious we are and everything we do is. May we all merit to feel that spark and rejuvenation and profound love of Hashem enter our life, enter our souls to pick us up from wherever we are, whoever we are, to go forward and to take our step, to find our jar, to reclaim our relationship, to reignite our passion, even if it's just a drop, to rise above our nature just a little bit, because that lights up the world. May we all merit to look at our menorah and see the note from Hashem that says, My dearest child, love of my life, I have not left you, I never will leave you, and I am waiting for you to come forward and light your menorah and light your soul on fire. May we all merit on this Hanukkah to respond to that note. Hashem, we love you right back. And we are running to light up our souls and with that to light up the whole world. Everyone have a beautiful, joyous, illuminated Hanukkah. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.